Hello, and welcome to the Level Up Your Classroom podcast. This is Amanda from the Highly Caffeinated Teachers, and I'm so excited to share with you all how to level up your classroom and your teaching through personalized learning. So let's grab a cup of coffee and let's get to it. All right, hello and welcome again. This is Amanda from the Highly Caffeinated Teachers, and today we're going to be talking about all things personalized learning. Um, Although I could go on for days about this, about personalized learning and how I use it in my classroom, why it's so amazing, I kind of have to tone it down, break it up, and that's what I'm going to be doing during this podcast. Um, So I obviously am a personalized learning ambassador. It wasn't until recently that I even knew that there was an umbrella term for what I was doing. It was just something I naturally have done and started to implement to solve problems in my classroom, which is actually pretty cool to know that just naturally by evolving and seeing the needs of my students that I started to come up with um, implementing personalized learning in my classroom. But now that I've actually researched and looked up some things, it's definitely been around for a long time. So with that being said, the goal of this podcast is to educate you all on personalized learning. And this doesn't have to just be to educators. It could be to homeschooling parents or um, administrators as well. But just understanding kind of what is personalized learning, the steps going into it, how it could be so easy and systematic, and it doesn't have to be overwhelming to teachers is kind of my my goal of this podcast. So I'm going to walk you through some steps today and kind of answer all your questions about uh, what personalized learning is. There's a lot that goes into personalized learning Everything you've learned or thought you knew about teaching is going to be challenged during this podcast. So I really want you guys to have an open mind about what you hear and just start implementing little things into your classroom as we go. I promise you that you will see huge growth. You will see student uh, interest and higher student achievement in your students once you really start personalizing your instruction. We will also be having special guests coming on to the show periodically. Um, I know Claire, the other half of Highly Caffeinated Teachers, will be on here talking to me. We'll be talking about all things education, classroom. We'll probably do some segments on upper elementary uh, behavior management or classroom management, some personalized learning uh, for middle school, and then also we will teach math, so there will definitely be some talk about math. Um, And I will also be launching an online course pretty soon in the next two months called Level Up Your Classroom. This will be helping educators get started with personalized learning. I'll be walking you through all the steps, breaking it down to make it the most accessible. I'll be offering you tools to do that. I will also be offering uh, coaching, so group coaching and one-on-one coaching for those of you who really need help implementing um, and planning. And If you are listening to this podcast and you do like what you're hearing and you're starting to implement little tips and tricks and you're starting to see change, well, this is just the tip of the iceberg. So once we really dive deep and really understand and make it the most accessible and everything I've learned in four years will be put into this course. So make sure that you guys have your eyes out, your eyes out, right? Ears out. I don't even know (laughs) for the course in the uh, near future. So without further ado, let's get started um, with the questions and the topics that we will address today.
Today we will be addressing four questions. So really four topics. What is personalized learning? Uh, How is it different from differentiated instruction and individualized instruction? And then we'll be addressing some of the common misconceptions of personalized learning. And also just kind of talking about if it's so great, why isn't every teacher using personalized learning? So we'll be talking about all those topics. But first, let's start with what is personalized learning? This is obviously personalized learning 101. So I'm going to break it down for you the best way I know how, and that is just through my experience. All right, so let's get to the big question. What is personalized learning? This is not an easy question to answer because there is not one definition. Personalized learning is a very loose term. It wears many hats, and it's more of what I call an umbrella term. Um, But I'm going to give you a definition of what the INACOL says that personalized learning is. And they defined it as tailoring learning for each student's strengths, needs, and interests, including enabling student voice and choice in what and how and when they learn, and provides flexibility and supports to ensure mastery of the highest standards possible. So if that wasn't a mouthful for you all. um, And that's a lot lot of expectations on the teacher's part to really fulfill all of those needs in that definition. But basically the word or the term that I like to use is just adapt. Uh, Whatever we have as curriculum, our supports, our teaching style, we have to really kind of adapt those to meet the needs of our students. We want students to take ownership. We want students to facilitate their own learning, just like you would if you were in college, right? No one's there to hold your hand anymore. So we really want to give students opportunities to show leadership, to show independence, to collaborate, and just really be in charge of the whole learning process or their learning process. I do not want students coming up to me asking what they need to do, what are we learning about today, uh, because that just means, in my opinion, that I failed and we're not doing a great job as educators or as teachers. That shows they don't know what they're learning about, they don't know what their learning targets are, they don't see the end game. They're clearly not able to go and use the resources or know what resources to use. They don't know what steps they need to take, especially if they are lost. Where do they go from there? So I think the big challenge for us as educators, um, along with a lot of other challenges, is obviously dividing our time correctly, like getting the biggest bang for our buck. How do we divide our time um, correctly and and work one-on-one with the students who really need it? Um, And we can't do that when students are constantly confused and need guidance and they're not independent. So what they need to do and what this whole personalized learning journey should do for you is that we really want them to understand the end game, know all of the paths, and build that independence. So we want them to know their job to the full extent. Now, again, going back to the definition, so the first part was talking all about tailoring learning. So we want to meet the students' interests, needs, and strengths. So the first thing that you would need to do is to know what those are. Um, So one thing that I highly recommend is doing something like student surveys. So student surveys are great for finding out student interests and also just kind of give, getting a check-in. So I like to give um, Google Forms. I ask a question about learning styles, interests, thoughts on the classroom in general, etc. And that will give you a starting point for understanding your students' interests. As far as knowing what students may need on an academic level, 
I'm really against the term pretest, but you, you know, you can pass out, do hands-on activities. You could work in small groups. You can play some educational games, and that will instantly give you an idea of where their academic starting point is. Again, I do not like the term pretest, which is a whole conversation for another day. But you can definitely use any form of work. It doesn't have to be a test or called that to see kind of where their starting point is and identify what they need from there on out. Excuse me. As far as identifying student strengths, one thing I love to do is classroom community building. So whether you're doing morning meeting, um, you really want to pull out kind of what their strengths are and see their personalities come out. So fun community building activities would be my starting point or my suggestion as far as really tackling that first part of the definition, which is tailoring to meet their needs, interests, and strengths. You have to know what those are, the very first step. So if you want to implement this going into 2020, second half of the year, then that's where I would start. Even if you've had these students from day one, that's what I did. I just, I, I mean, it's a continual thing, right? Students change, they evolve, they adapt, they're growing up. So this is something I would implement probably three to five times a year, just constantly checking in uh, because students, especially from the transition from elementary to middle school, change a lot. So their interests are going to change. Um, so definitely you need to constantly be tailoring or excuse me, you need to constantly be pulling information from your students and feedback in order to create fully personalized classrooms. All right. The next part of the definition is all about offering choice and really listening to your students. So giving them voice or listening to their to student voice. So personalized learning should be very different across the board. Every classroom, every teacher, every block, it should look very different. For example, I have three different blocks and I always tell my blocks that they have, each block has a different personality. My first block, their fifth grade math, they are always on it. They're super consistent. They're sweet. Um, They always have their heads down, they're interested, they're trying to their full potential. And I don't know if it's just the morning, but they just, they show up, they're ready to work. They uh, are kind of fun, but they're definitely more serious. Like they just are, I don't, I don't even know, like they just have that very strong personality as a whole. Then I have my second block, sixth grade math. Um, This houses most of my SPED students as well. And I have some very high achieving academic students in there. And so again, they're a little more serious than my other sixth sixth grade class, but they put in the work. They try hard, heads down. They know um, what they need to do. They're very mature. And I do have obviously mature students and I do have some immature students, but for some reason it just averages out perfectly. And it's a very harmonious almost like walking into a calm peaceful just work zone and I don't even know I don't have a lot of adjectives to describe it but they just work well together and then comes my third block which is my homeroom they're the ones I have the longest they're kind of out of control just it's not even it's more their personalities I have a lot of high students high achieving academically they're all wonderful um But just the personality as a whole, I mean, they're just constantly talking. They want to be out of their seats. They want, they're more interested in the social aspects of school. They're bickering like brothers and sisters all the time, just 
back and forth, back and forth. So knowing that, providing choice based on what you know about your students and what they need, and also kind of hearing what they have to say and what they need, because different blocks even have different needs. Um, I know, for example, my block after lunch, they're way more rambunctious kids, and if they had choice, uh, let's say that I was doing an hour, I'm not an hour, <clears throat> let's say I usually only do like 20 to 30 minutes of independent work. This means I want you to work independently, not talking, just getting getting things done. Um, and I know that I would definitely be seeing some problems because I'm not offering choice. So you're, I'm telling these kids who are oftentimes rambunctious, it's the end of the day that they have to put in 30 minutes, head down time, you know, focus time when it's not something that they want to do, then you're going to open it up for some behavior issues, or maybe they're not a behavior issue, but they're not doing anything to the best of their ability. So we really need to be listening to our students and offering different choices. Maybe they could easily get 30 minutes done, but more at the end of the day when they get a little more tired and they really want to do hands-on right when they come in, or they want to work on this and they want to take a little break and then work on that. So offering choice should, I mean, it has always in my experience, kind of break up that, though, any issues that you would have as far as behavior goes as well. Um, and then constantly, like I said earlier, just getting constant feedback from your students. What do they like? What do they not like? And what do they actually need from you? Um, you would be very surprised at how well they can communicate that to you. I'm going to make this kind of quick. My ideal podcast time is probably between 15 and 20 minutes, and I'm sure I've already gone over that. Um, I don't like to necessarily listen to podcasts that are like an hour long, so I, my goal is to keep them pretty short. But now we're going to be talking about how personalized learning is different from differentiated instruction and then how it is different from individualized instruction. So I'll try to make it a little bit quick. All right, so differentiated instruction. Uh, to me, I really feel like differentiated instruction, when you think about it, it's kind of, uh, I just hate that term. <laughs> I hate a lot of things, if you can tell. But I don't like the term differentiated instruction, and I hate it for a lot of reasons. The first being that just the stigma behind it, right? That's all we hear as educators. It's kind of like the elephant in the room or this heavy weight on our shoulders where there's so much pressure to differentiate instruction and then when you really break it down, all you're doing is really grouping like students or you're kind of saying, okay, like maybe you'll modify or accommodate curriculum to meet student needs. But at the same time, you're just kind of like, okay, you're kind of my lows, you're kind of my mids and you're kind of my highs. And then maybe you have a few, like you have a low, low, and then you have, and you're differentiating and teaching them and doing your, no longer doing direct instruction whole group. You're kind of, you know, differentiating it, making it accessible at their own level. So that's kind of the first step. It's just understanding that there, it's not one size fits all. So that's differentiated instruction in a nutshell for me. However, I don't think that that is really anything compared to what you were about to do or learn about personalized learning. Um, another thing, I just really don't like differentiated instruction, especially when the teacher is choosing groups because one, they know what group they're in. Okay. They just know. And that's kind of detrimental to a lot of students. You could have them, they could have the growth mindset like of all time and it doesn't matter. Like they know. And I just don't think that it's great for them like psychologically or developmentally. 
Um, so I'll be talking a little bit later on in the podcast about grouping that I think works, but differentiated instruction just means you understand that not all students are at the same level. Okay. Um, individualized instruction. Individualized instruction is a little bit more personalized, I guess, for other students. Uh, one example I have is when I taught fourth grade. Again, I told you that it's kind of something that I just started doing and I didn't even know like that it was a thing, but I realized my students were at different levels. Um, I really didn't want to group them necessarily, but I wanted them to have their own menus and make it more accessible and students can kind of work at their own pace so I could pull small groups and have them actually doing something and then also offering choice. So I created these independent learner plans. It was just a one pager and on it, they set a goal for the week. These were weekly menus and they had a reflection piece at the end. Uh, it was broken down to what they needed to do for the week. So it would have the activity, it would have the subject area, because I taught all subjects then, obviously, for fourth. And then it had their level of understanding. So once they completed the project, they would say, okay, I was a two, I really didn't understand what I was doing, or a four, I could teach it to somebody else. So they would kind of self-assess. And then what I did, and I started implementing, because of course, you know, I don't like groupings um, that I choose, I had signups. And so I really wanted them to understand their standards and their learning targets. So let's say you were having issues with multi-digit multiplication. You could go sign up for that focus group is what I like to call it. And then when you did get help from me or you met in a group, then I would sign off on it. So it showed all of their weekly groups that they have attended. And it was a really cool start. However, it wasn't personal enough because even though I did, I had them, I didn't have them for every um, student and they didn't work, although they worked at their own pace, it wasn't necessarily, there wasn't a lot of choice. It was like, you have to do this and it's due by Friday and however you want to break it up. Oh, I forgot one thing. I had a choice menu at the bottom. So let's say it was all educational choices, one also being genius hour, but let's say it was coding.org or typing club or prodigy genius hour, et cetera. So they could circle the ones that they, that they also participated in during that week. So I told them, you know, let's, for example, you finish your essay on this and then you want to have a little break before you move on to the next piece of content, then you can use something from the choice board. So there was a little bit of choice, but again, it wasn't fully personalized. And I had about three of them based on groupings, not that they knew that, but they were based on, you know, their levels of accessibility. And so that's kind of what I think of when I think of individualized instruction it's more personalized, but it's still not the students choosing. It's not based off their interest. You are offering a little bit more choice. It is at their level, but it's just not completely personal. And then you get to personalized learning. And personalized learning is really you're building student autonomy, right? Just it should be like clockwork when they come into when you when you observe a classroom that's fully on a personalized learning plan. Um, students have an active role in designing the lessons and the projects. It's based on their interests and their passions. There's flexible pacing. So instead of me having it's due on Friday, I mean, I would give them a pacing guide, but it's definitely not like a hard, like you need to have it done by this time. So you're letting them kind of empower them, I guess. Um, and it's all mastery based. 
So before my independent learner plan was not mastery based, it was just do this and they could have failed everything on there. They could have been a one or a two, you know, and I would have addressed it and worked with them, but that's not, they didn't understand the end game. They didn't understand the mastery part of it. So that's kind of how I mm, would define the differences between them. So you start with differentiating, cool, but still not there. Then it gets a little deeper, you get a little more personal and, you know, it's still giving students a little bit more of a taste of personalized instruction with uh, individualized instruction. And then you finally dive into straight personalized where it's the students are having a huge amount of input. It's all mastery-based, competency-based, and they're moving through it at their own rate. They're problem-solving. You're teaching them skills that are non-cognitive skills, et cetera. So I hope that helped with the uh, definition of or the, the differences between those three topics. All right. And lastly, just I'm going to kind of group these topics together, but common misconceptions. I'm going to talk about two of them and then why I feel like a lot of teachers aren't using personalized learning, even though it's the best. It's the best thing out there. It just is. Excuse me. Um, But I'm like drinking wine as I'm doing this. So, uh, yeah. It's a little ASMR for you. But I'm trying, this is like my first podcast. So you guys have to like bear with me because I want to get so much information out there. But at the same time, it's hard when you're talking to yourself. I can't wait to have like Claire on here or someone to bounce back with so you can really see like personality wise and everything. Um, but let's just go back into this before I lose focus and go on tangent again. All right. So the last topic um, is about misconceptions. So there's two. One, is you have to create an individual plan for every single student you have, which is so unrealistic. Also, tracking would be a disaster. Grading would be a disaster. Everything would just be a disaster. Um, so the answer is no. That's a misconception. You do not have to do that, especially for you middle school or high school teachers who want to jump into personalized learning, who have over 100 students that they see a day. Like, no, you do not have to have a personalized plan for each student. Um, like I said before, you just creating the same content, the same amount of work goes into preparing, like everything you would have these students do, every option, every avenue that you space out over a month or two, it would just be condensed into one place and they would have access to all of these things to get to mastery. So it's just offering them all these avenues or paths. So the, the amount of work is not any different. Maybe up front it might be. But um, the payoff is that then you've given all the inf – like you have it all prepared. All your systems are in place. All of your stuff's printed out for any hands-on that they can go and grab. Um, so everything will be assigned out there. And I I'll tell you guys how I do it later on. It's a way – I use one hub and then everything's off of that hub or online hub. But it's just – it's not difficult. It really isn't. It's just – Starting from scratch and not being educated and not having someone to walk you through it, that's the hard part. That is the hard part. Once there are systematic approaches and there's steps and there's like you do this, 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 and this, and this, and then you implement it and it's done and it, you're, everything's flawless. Well, I shouldn't say flawless because it's never flawless, but um, you'll start to see that, oh, this is doable. Um, okay. Second misconception would be you need technology. 
one-to-one technology. And that is not true. Um, It's better. It makes a huge difference, right? Most schools do have it. Most kids do have at least cell phones, especially if you're teaching middle school, high school, you should use them. But no, you do not need to have one-to-one devices in order to personalize, you know, go to a personalized learning classroom. So those are two misconceptions. I don't want to go too much into it because those are literally like two independent podcasts in their own. Um, And then finally, why isn't every teacher using this? If it's so amazing, why not? And I just think it's the overwhelm, right? Especially if you're thinking you're a new teacher. So you're a new teacher, you have new curriculum, you have a new classroom, you have new students, you probably are going through your credential program. And I mean, if it was anything like our school, you might have taken on like a committee role or a leadership role or gotten yourself into something. And then you have all these like workshops you want to attend and things just, I mean, it's just a mess. So the thought of learning something else and implementing something else is just really overwhelming to you. So I think that's why all teachers don't use personalized learning because it feels overwhelming. Um, another reason is especially if you're a veteran teacher, again, it's the overwhelm. It's So I have to change what I've been doing. This is the thought, right? Another misconception. I've changed everything that I'm doing to personalize instruction. So if you're anything like me, um, I want to know everything and I want to have it like perfectly laid out and I want to have it very accessible when I explain it to my kids. Like I want to be an expert at it before I introduce it into my classroom or else it's going to be an absolute, you know, S show. I can't cuss on here, but um, so that is my purpose. (laughs) That is my goal is to help anyone who wants to implement it, just teach them the fastest, quickest way to implement these systems into their classroom little by little until you are finally in a personalized learning environment that's fully personalized and tailored to meet the needs of the current students you have. And so that's going to end our show tonight. I kind of went over. I don't even know how long did it say this is. Yeah, it's like almost 30 minutes. Um, But I just wanted to kind of recap. You guys kind of understood Hopefully you kind of, I shouldn't say kind of, uh, but you did understand what personalized learning is, or at least I broke it down in a way where you could understand it, how it's different from differentiated and individualized instruction, and then just address some of the common misconceptions. So I hope that you guys, I want to build a community to kind of help each other, anyone interested in diving into personalized learning. Um, I would love to build a community on the Highly Caffeinated Teachers page. So if you look up the Highly Caffeinated Teachers, um, you will find our Facebook page. You can add us. You can add comments, et cetera. I'll be adding some show notes eventually to that page um, coming up. But we are just getting started. We're just being out there. We just opened our own Facebook page. So I'd love to have you guys go over and follow and comment um, if you would love to get more information about personalized learning. And without further ado, thank you and have a great night. And I will talk to you guys all at the next podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you wouldn't mind, if you haven't done so already, going to follow us under the Highly Caffeinated Teachers on both Instagram and Facebook. That's where we'll be talking all things personalized learning and anything from our podcast. We'll also be answering any of your questions. 
um, from the Facebook page. So make sure you head on over there. And thank you again for watching. And we'll see you next time.